0: the leader. Hey everyone, welcome to Turnbuckle Boogie. I'm Timothy Styles, and uh, sitting here with me, for some reason wearing very high shorts and drinking a, a mug of green tea, is Cutthroat Cody.
1: Muy delicioso, I'm also very fake tan right now.
0: Oh yeah, that's right, you just came from the tanning salon. Do you go to a salon? Is I, there another name for it? Well, I
1: mean Rio Tan, man. Ran by a good old Gary Rush from uh the former bwf as well as uwf fame uh have you told him my hall B- of famer or-
0: <laughs> you told him my bwf story
1: um i will next time i see him he hasn't been in the last couple times i've been in
0: oh well anyway folks this is turnbuckle boogie thank you for joining us and we're gonna have a fun show today because well interesting note we are recording this episode one week in advance because as you're hearing this I will be in the unbelievably white state of Utah. I mean, unbelievably white in more ways than one. Yeah, bro. I will be (laughs) surrounded on all sides by Mormons. Uh, And this is because I'm going to Cedar City. This is where my in-laws live. A beautiful mountain town. Uh, Just a great place to be. But... They do have a Walmart in town, and inv- invariably, when you go there, you will run into some polygamists. And these bitches dress like the Wicked Witch of the West.
1: It's f- it's really interesting, actually, to see that it's like literally like watching them stroll out of the carriage. Yeah, for yeah, real. <clears throat> and like just the pastel colors and the little tiny caps on their fucking heads. Oof.
0: Yeah, that's wacky, but anyway, hey, follow uh, Turnbuckle Boogie on Instagram at Turnbuckle Boogie, and if you feel like it, follow, follow Cutthroat Cody at Cutthroat Cody. That's all the plugs. Let's do the show. Yeah, man. What the sipping tea you always have to squeeze in the last word i always have to close with yeah man Why? so what <laughs> why i don't know it's i just normally something i think I do. I, look the catchphrase of the show is let's boogie that's how i like to to lead into uh even though i didn't say it this time but yeah you threw in the yeah man yeah man and that's you said that's my catchphrase it's more or less it's
1: inadvertently become my catchphrase. Yo buddy or yeah man. It, at the wrestling school, yeah. Anytime anyone's trying to like take a little jab at me, they'll follow the end of their sentence with a yeah man. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll at least
0: you don't do you you don't have I've not that I've noticed, but you don't have an actual Kayfabe catchphrase do you No because, uh,
1: Something I'm becoming known for is cutting promos Without microphones though
0: Oh that's good I like that
1: Yeah I just scream at the top of my lungs and start yelling at Joe
0: Do you ever did you, <laughs> Do you remember the movie Man on the Moon About Andy Kaufman yes, Jim Carrey um, uh, Jim Carrey There's a story told by Jerry Lawler uh, uh, Where um. They're filming the wrestling scene where he's going to uh, pile drive Andy yes. Kaufman. And there was a, unfortunately, the studios, they won't allow their big money stars to do anything even remotely dangerous. Correct. And there was a big kerfuffle about, you know, <laughs> we need to get a stunt man for the pile driver. Yes. You now you and I know. The, yeah, man. Without saying anything. Yes. But uh, so they had to get a, a stunt man and Jim Carrey was very put off by this. By the way, he was in a uh, character as um, what he perceived to be Andy Kaufman. I don't agree with this at all. And I fucking hate that documentary. Yeah. But, uh, it, all it did was make me hate Jim Carrey for a a period of time, because I love Jim Carrey.
1: And I'm a, I am also completely understand what you're talking about, because I I will still be a Jim Carrey fan. Bro, when but, I
0: was in high school, I had a job at a movie theater, and I've seen firsthand the power that man actually wields. Yeah, Ace Ventura, people were laughing so hysterically, they were doing cartwheels in the aisleways. Yep. And seeing that 10 times, well, more than that, 10, you know, 10, 15 times a day in every theater all day long. It's like, wow. and I mean, it
1: was. It, once again, it's like a phenomenon like wrestling. And right. it's every single person. There's a, thousands of people around the world and they all feel the exact same way about one thing.
0: Right. And, and it's it's it, amazing it, when you see it work in a room. And he, this guy fucking did it. And all the work that he did, even when he got into dramatic work, I was fully behind.
1: Oh, man. Truman Show and uh, Internal Sunshine.
0: Internal Inter- Sunshine is a fucking classic
1: yeah and that's one of those movies that I that's like almost a yearly watch for me yeah. um, I'm a huge fan of the fucking cable guy Oh, yeah, yes. I love The Cable Guy,
0: which is almost a, a drama in its own right.
1: Uh, yeah, and uh, sh- shout out to Ben Stiller on that one, yeah? Because, man, there's, <laughs> there's so many...
2: Asian gang th- th- or man, something. Th-
1: th- there's so many people that don't even realize that that was, like, written and directed by
0: fucking Ben Stiller. Yeah, he used to do uh, that sort of thing. Yep. But anyway, so Man on the Moon, they're filming this particular scene, and uh, <coughs> Michelle Gondry... Right. Was it Michelle Gondry? Right. No, it wasn't Michelle Gondry. He did Eternal Sunshine. It was the guy who did uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yes. But I can't remember his name. Uh, f- f- a quasi-French guy. Yes. Qu- uh, Quasi-French guy. But he would go like, all right, action. And then Jim Carrey would go, ah, Lawler, uh, I hate you. You're a chicken. Bok, 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 bok. And then he'd go, cut, bring in the stuntman. Stuntman puts the head between the legs action he drops the stunt man cut bring put jim carrey back in there jim carrey has to lie there like he's dead action you know yep so uh they had to go through this all day you know filming is a is a tedious process folks for those who don't know and uh jim carrey who was a pain in the ass a notorious pain in the ass on this particular set because he was in character as what he perceived to be Andy Kaufman for the entire shoot. Yes. Uh, which there is a documentary about it called, I think Jim and Andy Yes. on <clears throat> Netflix. Netflix. Um, he told Bob Zamuda, who was Andy Kaufman's
1: best friend best as friend, well as a, is a writer, writer. Yeah. Uh,
0: Bob Zemuda was known for putting on the, uh, uh, Oh, Christ. What's the 80s? Tony comedy? Hinchcliffe. No, no. Comic Relief.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Tony Hinchcliffe. Well, because then they, they,
2: no,
0: they, Tony they, Hinchcliffe they, they, is a comedian. But they Tony swapped, Clifton.
1: Tony Clifton. Thank you very much.
0: Uh, they would swap Tony Clifton from yeah, time to yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but he was also the ref in all the, the girl wrestling matches. Yes. Uh, so it was work, brother, brother. Yeah, man. Um, but, um, so, <laughs> so... He he whispers to uh, Bob's Zmuda like, "Hey, tell in this next thing, tell the uh, tell Jerry Lawler to give me the pile driver. Just go ahead and do it, you know, um, because the crowd apparently, supposedly, even though really, it was a bunch of extras, were really
1: wound up because apparently things were taking too long. If well, I remember yeah, correctly,
0: it, well, look, a production day." on a film set is generally like 15 hours. Yeah. So imagine you're on a set yeah, for 15 hours, not dressed, fun. Dressed like a fucking Oaky bumpkin, you know? So, um, so they start getting unruly a little bit and they're heckling and like, Oh, I can't take the battle driver, huh? That sort of thing. And, uh, so Jim Carrey, who, who uh, wants to, uh, uh, has something to prove apparently said, uh, to Bob Zamuda to tell, uh, jerry lawler to just go ahead and give him the pile driver so bob zamuda relates this this message to uh jerry lawler jerry lawler who had had an ass fucking load of jim carrey this entire shoot who was essentially fucking taking the piss and at him. like
1: harassing him throwing yes. orange juice bottles at harassing him,
0: harassing him the entire <clears throat> sh- shoot the his entire time he was there there's the one great part that i like Look, Jerry Lawler is not known as some sort of tough badass or or um, or or even a particularly mean spirited guy. He was everything you hear about him. He's a, a well, with the exception of teenagers <laughs> is Fuck. is is yep. is that he's the nicest guy in the world. You yep. know, um, just a kind hearted guy who, by the way, great artist. Um but there's a scene in that documentary where he snatches Jim Carrey up. He's had enough. He snatches up and he says the exact same thing that I say or that I would say to anybody who gives me any guff. I can do this anytime I want. Yep. Letting him know I can do this anytime I want. When you got a guy fucking hammer locked and you fucking yep. cross face him. I can do this anytime time i want jim carrey got the fucking message by the way yeah um but uh so so jerry lawler uh leans <laughs> over to uh the director whose name i conveniently forgot and says uh hey uh, bob zamuda just came over and told me that uh that uh Jim Carrey wants me to give him the pile driver and the fucking director who had also had an ass load of Jim Carrey during this entire experience goes, all right, folks, that's a wrap. Yep. <laughs> They're not going to do that. The next scene, Jim Carrey, I'm getting around to the original point of why I brought up this long winded story is, Jim Carrey then stands up and goes, oh, "I wanted to take the pile driver, and they uh, and they and cut. Lawlers they, to chicken. Yeah, but they don't want me to. The studio doesn't want me to. And eventually, I think they cut the microphone off, and he goes." He just starts yelling, I've played on Broadway and I do not need a microphone to be heard. heard yes. <laughs> yes. So maybe that's your new gimmick. You, and you cut promos, just, I don't need this microphone.
1: I, and it, I, I carry very high decimal when I scream, especially. Decibel. Decibel. Thank you, sir. Um, I a decimal is something else. That is correct. I, I'm, I'm able Don't to... Don't you know the Dewey the Decimal, decimal system? system? UHF. Fuck, man. We're not even talking about wrestling right now. We're, yeah, just, we're just talking just about t- all these dope movies, man. <laughs> 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 UHF uh, is... One thing that really does break my heart is that my fiance does not share the same sense of humor that I do. Oh, that's too bad. Not into kids in the hall. Oh, I, man, now that's a crime. I, she she sat through brain candy and didn't even crack a fucking
0: smile. To be fair to her, <clears throat> not their best work. I Now, you could be like, all right, you won't. Brain candy, look, it flopped for a reason. Yeah. But you could play for her Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I, I I don't see Maybe. Young, old, man or woman. I've not seen a person watch that and not fucking laugh hysterically at certain points.
1: Yeah. We'll 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 try. But just once again, our her, her senses of humor are very different. She's a very she was raised in a Disney household, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I was raised in a
0: What is a Disney household? A house that just Loves Disney because that's my household.
1: Well, you, I, so when I was growing up, I was never a Disney kid. I was more of a. Have you ever been to Disneyland? No. Wow. When I was very young, like extremely young, to the point I was like three or four years old. So no memory of it. No memory of it other than our. So
0: you haven't (laughs) ridden Space Mountain? No,
1: sir. (laughs) The, the, The one, the one thing about. Disneyland that I do remember through uh, photographs and vaguely was there was a fire in the hotel in the bottom floor and we had to be evacuated from pretty high up via ladder and I had to be carried on my mom's boyfriend's back out of the hotel through the ladder Mm. (gasps) that's the only memory that I have of Disneyland but I was more of a Warner Brothers uh, Tex Avery especially Tex Avery What's Tex Avery? Um, uh, you remember the mask? Speaking of Jim Carrey.
0: Yeah. The okay.
1: movie. The movie, The Mask. Oh, I know. The artist that basically inspired the bulging eyes yeah, yeah, and the yeah. rolling the tongue wolf? out of the mouth. Yeah.
0: That's, his name is Tex Avery?
1: Yes. Tex wow. Avery was the artist. and Oh, he, he was the artist of it. He was the artist of it. And he did a lot of really racy Like, I mean...
0: Yeah, volumptuous girls and stuff. Yes.
1: uh, The Big Bad Riding Hood, or whatever the name of that serial was, was something that stood out in my mind. Droopy Dog, Tex Avery, I believe, had some form of work with Droopy Dog. Uh, Hanna-Barbera, Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. Anything but Disney. I always just did not like Well, Disneyland
0: is something different. Of
1: course, but... Just Disney in general, as a whole, their entertainment. It's a shame that you
0: that you didn't get to experience it when you were younger, because nowadays, not counting the pandemic, I mean, it's packed to the gills, and it's almost a challenge to fully enjoy. But when I was a kid, and it was a little less packed, you know what I mean? Like, I think they let in less people. Yeah, uh, a lot more of an enjoyable experience. But I
1: and also a thing that I can't fucking stand. Mm -hmm. I really don't like waiting in lines.
0: Well, maybe when uh we get past the uh the covid here I'll take you on on one of my uh annual six flags magic mountain trips because, I am
1: completely down for that
0: because me and my brother who's a decent cat <clears throat> Hell yeah. uh, we go the week school starts normally so sometime in August or normally September normally pretty empty Norm, I mean there's some lines but you know there sometimes we get lucky and we just walk onto everything Yeah
1: Uh, there, uh, there, those rides are fucking pretty rad. There was a girl I was dating for a small period of time named Kara and her family. They were six flag magic mountain fiends and they always had the year passes and they took me out there twice, but they would always know when to go. They would just always know when to hit.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah. That
1: way they could avoid all the lines and stuff like that.
0: Right. Well, we got tipped off by an employee there. Now, yeah. watch me try to segue into professional wrestling, because that's what this show this is, is gonna, about. This is going to be all. impressive. Uh, speaking of Magic Mountains. <laughs> actually, I don't have a good segue. <laughs> <Look, I, laughs> they the only thing to say after that is something about boobs, right? Yeah. Yeah. But sure. I, uh, so. Tits. <laughs> Sorry, you know there are girls who listen to this. By the way, I do get the reports. Yes, of the the, demographics. Yeah, the the demo, the demos. Yeah, we're in the. (laughs) By the way. It's pretty interesting. You hear about the, the demographic of people who watch wrestling. You know, people think that, like, a bunch of young, cool, hip kids are, are watching AEW. It's not that at all. No. It's people, it's men in their 40s. Yes. Uh, and then and, and apparently NXT and, and, and WWE is even older, apparently, yeah. which makes sense. I, fuck, I'll be 43 uh, uh, any day now. Um. So, and here I am watching fucking New Japan just willy nilly. Yes, sir. NXT on a, uh, uh, on a certain day here or there. But um, anyway, the point I was going to start with, or the question I was going to start with, is Cutthroat Cody is a member of a tag team with what I think is uh, surprisingly one of the greatest named tag teams ever. Deathproof, Proof. Death proof. So let me just. Actually, ca- I, I was sorry. I was already going to spin off on something else. So I'm <laughs> friends with uh, Mark Stormer, who's the bass player of The Killers. Yes. Uh, they were at the time when they when they got their major record label deal, there was this whole thing like, oh, are we going to be able to be called The Killers? And uh, <laughs> and it was a whole legal thing because Iron Maiden uh, had an album called, killers. called The Killers, yeah. <clears throat> uh, but they were able to do it. So, But they were surprised, like, how could no one have ever come up with the name The Killers before? And I'm saying out loud, how could no one have come up with the name Death Death Proof before?
1: So here's uh, just a little bit of a background on that. So FSW's 10-year anniversary uh, was my return to professional wrestling after not only an injury, but a botched attempt at trying to make a failing relationship work by getting work with each other doing a magic show on a cruise line.
0: I was like, oh, I was going to say, well, we should add some context. Yeah, yes. there was a period of time where you had torn your rotator cuff. I had,
1: I had torn my rotator cuff and it financially really affected me. Well, yeah, well, yeah. I I mean,
0: you and I, we uh, grew cl- closer during that time because I actually had time. (laughs) Well, you had time. You you weren't Mm -hmm. wrestling. So you weren't, your, your training was, was uh, incremental.
1: I was still training people, but I was not. No, I mean, training yourself was was,
0: was incremental. And I mean, you were not, you were not working and you were going through a very tough time uh, mentally. Yeah. And in order to sort of help, get you through that. That's when we did a a previous podcast that, uh, the episodes are up on YouTube folks, if you give a shit, but it's called I'm hurt, which I stand by one of the worst names for podcasts ever, ever created. It was your idea, by the way. Yes, sir. Um, I like the name. I don't, (laughs) (laughs) um, but, uh, uh, but yeah. And then for a period of time, you thought, well, I'm winding down pro wrestling and I am me and my fiancé I believe. Well, we weren't engaged. No, okay. So yeah. you and your girlfriend um she who was a cruise magician. Yes. Uh or she was a dancer and then so you guys she z-
1: she was like just a jack of all trades like she when I met her she was on stilts.
0: Right. Yeah. So it's a, sort of a funny performance artist. Yes. yes. She came with the idea of doing a magic act and you were going to be her uh, non-fem assistant. Isn't that a cute twist, folks? Yes. And uh, and that was
1: actually what sold the show, was that it was gender swap. Right. Like, that's what actually got us on the ship.
0: And I don't want to go over the, 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 the specifics, but it yeah. didn't work out. And here you are back. You're back in wrestling. Carry on from where we left off.
1: So... I was in a faction that was extremely popular in FSW uh, around the mid-2000s called The Following. And the members of The Following were Bryce Harrison, Jacob Austin Young, Big Duke, and Shelly Martinez.
0: I'm going to interject. Bryce Harrison, I've expressed this to you. A fantastic worker. Yes. Uh, Went to the well a little bit too much. He didn't have the, the... the depth of knowledge that comes along with experience. Like I saw in a match him throw a fucking eye gouge three times. and it's like, all right, all right. You you got it. Good. You, you, you got the tricks. Now you need to sparse them out. Yes. But fantastic worker. Yeah.
1: He, and I mean, he really good person, man. Uh, and when I came back to,
0: by the way, Jay, yeah, Jay was in it too. Yes. Jay is, that's where I first saw him. Yes. Jacob Austin Young. Sorry to keep stopping the story, and but I'm trying to add color to it. Yeah. And Jacob Austin Young impressed me right away as well because this faction was a heel faction. And I'll never forget, he came out. There was some kid in the front row, uh, probably within five feet of me. And he had a sign, Jacob Austin Young. I, I don't know what it said. Jacob Austin Young, who is a young kid in himself at this time. <clears throat> yeah. Early 20s. Yeah. He at that he point he walks up meanwhile you're in the background screaming at a, who knows <laughs> <laughs> just because that's what i do yeah wearing an ipad screaming Jake box and young very nonchalantly very uh very just casual walks up to the kid takes a sign and he holds it in front of him like kind of down and he's looking at it and slowly spit (laughs) comes out of his mouth like like when you got one of those long strings just slowly just when you're doing the lizard tongue trick yeah 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 and it just hits this thing and he just slowly tears it and gives it back to the kid and this poor kid was devastated. Yes. <laughs> so, and of course me, cause I'm a terrible cynical piece of crap. It's like this kid's onto something. Yeah, man, he, he's <laughs> figured something out here. And so then I heard Jacob Austin Young thinks I'm annoying. And so fuck him.
1: No, 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 no. I don't think Jacob Austin Young thinks you're annoying. I think that, there's moments in time where I think that anybody in general that kind of listens to the
0: oh they hear the the fan on the podcast and yes they go, this, know it all I, fuck him that's what
1: I that's what I think it is but Jacob Austin Young does not think that you're annoying oh good well that yeah. was
0: I was that was mentioned to me during that I'm hurt podcast, podcast and I was I was crushed like oh I like that guy right <laughs> well <laughs> I don't want to hate a guy it, I like
1: yeah no 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 pl- trust me it's all good
0: no 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 I was I'm saying these things in jest but carry yes. on
1: so when I came back to FSW, it was kind of supposed to be a surprise Mm -hmm. and the storyline going into future stars of wrestling's 10 year anniversary was the hater nation, which was a stable that was also very popular. That was before us comprised of Leon hater legacy, sugar Brown and Mr. Smith, as well as Kenny King, they were being inducted into the FSW hall of fame. So we were going to take issue with that because the year prior Bryce Harrison was inducted in the FSW Hall of Fame, but not the following following should follow up. So we had a beef.
0: Oh, so this fucking Hall of Fame is just as big of a work as the fucking WWE Hall of Fame, which we need to talk about on this episode.
1: Yes. So we end up uh, having a match scheduled and the original match that was scheduled was supposed to be a six man tag. Uh, Much to my chagrin, uh, which I'll explain later, between Bryce Harrison, Jacob Austin Young, and myself against... A good team, by the way. Yeah. Missing two members, which which is why I have the problem, against the Hater Nation, which was comprised of Sugar Brown, Leon Hater, and Legacy. One problem that I had with that is the fact that they did not bring Duke or Shelly Martinez out because this was supposed to be a following re- reunion. Right. And they also wouldn't put Kenny King in with the hater nation, which <clears throat> I've always wanted to have a match with Kenny and Kenny has always expressed how much he's wanted to have a match. With that still me. not happened to this day. No, it still hasn't happened to this day. And the that's o- weird. And the only time it would make sense though, in all candor is,
0: then there, right.
1: it, 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 it would have actually happened. But Joe didn't want to bring out Duke because of some business squabble between right, the right, two right. of them. And same thing with Shelly, uh, who Shelly Martinez is an absolutely wonderful human being. Like, I, I'm so thankful for her. And she deserves to be, I think, praised a little bit more than she is. And I think that's a fucking shame. Uh, she helped us a lot. And she should have been there. And she wasn't. And once again, squabble, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. yeah. So it's um, it's kind of like getting the band back together without like having two key members. Um, Something happened, which I was upset about that. I cannot confirm or deny. But Bryce Harrison, like day of show happens where we're getting ready to start the day. Bryce is still not there. Okay, doors open. Bryce is still not there. Halfway through the show, Bryce is still not there. And then it kind of turns on the situation like, where the fuck is Bryce? <clears throat> Try to get a hold of him. <clears throat> my car's broken down. Okay, well, where's your car broken down? I'll come and drive and meet you right now and I'll pick you up. You know, like, we got to go. Right. Oh, well, my car's broken down in
0: Baker. are you in Baker with your car? That would have been
1: my next question. And, and that's the thing is, is that unfortunately one, why would you be in Baker the day of like the biggest event, Right. you know? And then it kind of turned into an issue of, I heard recently that he had some type of family issue and I'm very sympathetic and empathetic towards things like that. And I was very upset, but when he didn't show up, it turned into a handicap match. Right. So Jacob, Austin young and myself against three members of the hater nation and the match actually worked like, and it was happenstance. Right. And it, then it turned into a situation of like, Holy shit. Cody and Jay got like a huge reaction. What's make them a tag team. Mm. So it was kind of revisiting old history. Right. And at first we didn't have a name and then it's like, okay, well, do we just go by the following? No, we can't go by the following. We need to do different imagery, things like that, like a different look, a different feel, a different vibe. And we kept on developing that and we just could not come up with a name. And at the time, Jacob Austin Young had just come back from China during a run uh, under the name J cafe
0: and a terrible be, name, by the way, I have, no, he, I have no bones saying that uh, Joe
1: DeFalco also doesn't like it, but I will say this much. Jay made a name for himself with that name. Fair uh, enough. And well, in China, yes. also uh, back at home in Arizona. Like, right, he, well, he,
0: I'm not, look, I like him in death proof. Yes. As Jacob Austin young. And, and,
1: and he understands that that fits. Um, like
0: I'm not a fan of throwing on my kind of glass, the kind of glasses I wear. Yeah. And maybe a beanie and a scarf and going, I'm a hipster and I love coffee. Well, yeah, no fucking duh. Right. I'm drinking fucking green tea and I'm wearing the same glasses right now. Yes. And (laughs) as far as gimmicks go, I don't know. He's a a young, in shape, thin guy with the kick pads. Last I checked. Yeah. The hipster gimmick on top of it doesn't feel right to me. Right. I don't know how this show ended up being my criticism of him. He's doing a great job. Yes.
1: And, and so, uh, we were getting ready to, uh, go to a show one day and we were just racking our brains and we couldn't figure anything out. And then Remy Marcel was backstage with us. And then Joshua Shibata, who's an absolutely fantastic ring announcer had come up and like, Hey, what are you guys going by? <clears throat> and we didn't have a name. And then Remy thinking of death wish coffee hmm. spouted out death proof. And then I'm just like, fuck it. We're doing that.
0: That's yeah. a, a great settle.
1: Yes. And then unfortunately there was a little bit of a fallout with that because I guess that there was a gentleman by the name of John Bonham Fox who used to be uh, my, uh, the group of friends that I had, we would all go to the same bar and he was our bartender and he would always hook us up and he would turned out to be a big wrestling fan. And then he kind of disappeared, got fired from um, the bar that he was working at and then kind of resurfaced around the Vegas wrestling scene. And I guess in big Valley wrestling, which was kind of a rival promotion to FSW, he was doing a stable called death Inc. and i
0: well you're not a company you're just death proof right by the way better name yes and only by three letters
1: yes and once again
0: and a better name by a lot
1: yes well he he had contacted me and ricky tenacious is the one that runs big valley wrestling him and his father um unfortunately my views and opinions of Big Valley Wrestling back then were not very good, so I admittedly did not pay attention to their product. Uh-huh. And I had vocally told Ricky why I did not pay attention to his product, which I will not talk about on air, I will just mention. And he understood where I was coming from, and there was no ill will. Right and there was multiple people in this group. Ricky Tenacious was one of them. This is a long story.
0: I have yet to get to my first question about tag team wrestling, but go on.
1: So I'm going to wrap it up. Yada. yada, By the way, I
0: really do want to talk about the hall of fame.
1: Yes. And John kind of hit me up and he was like, well, man, like it's kind of fucked up that you're doing this. And he had been out of the Vegas wrestling scene for like two years. And I said, well, no offense, dude. Like, I'm not trying to steal anything from you. Right. And I'm keeping the fucking name. And there's not really much that you're going to fucking do or say about that. And then he was like, oh, well, you know, you're kind of being a dick. And then I just reached out to every member in Death Proof Inc. I'm like, hey, you guys cool with this? Yeah. Okay. Now it's ours. So that's how we became deaf-proof.
3: proof. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as you can tell, Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express are ready to take on the world. Let me tell you something, we are going to take on the world. We already have taken over the world. we the world tag team champions, the hottest commodity in wrestling. The time in that Philadelphia Civic Center when beautiful Bobby came off that top rope, landed on Arn Anderson's head it changed in that brief moment the entire face of professional wrestling we beat the odds we beat the system we beat the unbeatable team tully blanchard Arn anderson what you beat was a hasty retreat brother and in that same self-same instant beautiful bobby and sweet Stan became recognized we got the proof brother it ain't bragging it's fact we're the number one tag team in professional wrestling you want to talk about diversity club brother rick steiner won a letter in football had to have somebody read it to him you want to talk about mike rotundo he loved school high school was the happiest nine years of mike rotundo's life but let me tell you something, Dusty Club, and that little troll, Kevin Sullivan, don't come after us, brother, because we'll put you in the ground like a stake and make you two feet tall instead of the four feet six you are right now, Sullivan. Let me tell you something else while we're at it. Dusty Rhodes and any of his super partners, you're more than welcome to try. Already talked about the Fantastics. Already talked about the Road Wars. Already talked about those sheep-shearing sheep herders. I'll give you something to share, brother. The Midnight Express, if you can clip their wings, you're doing something, cause we're the hottest thing going today. Like it's been so often said. And J.J. Dillon, the 1988 poster boy for Alzheimer's disease, I heard you say that you're gonna redeem yourself at my expense. Well, brother, the only thing J.J. Dillon is gonna redeem is gonna be some of those SNH brain stamps he's been saving up, get him a lawn chair for his old age, which began in 1957. So, J.J. Dillon, you are a victim of sour grapes, brother. You're a sore loser, just like all the losers are. But when it comes to the Midnight Express, that's all we wrestle is losers, because can't nobody beat us. This is unheard of. This has never before been done, never before even been attempted. All these championships, all these honors, and all these accolades, and whether you like the Midnight Express or not, The one thing you... Yeah, you love the Midnight Express. Well, we love the Midnight Express too. And we don't care who else does because we're out for ourselves and we're out for one thing only and that's to keep this glory. And whether you like it or not, you've now got to admit what I've been saying all along is the truth because we got the proof. We're the number one tag team in professional wrestling and everybody else is playing catch-up now. It's been too long, David Crockett, since we started saying that we were the best. That everybody's been doubting us. Everybody's been saying... Cornette, you're just going off. It ain't true. Well, now, finally, no matter where you are in the world, even your little pea brain, David Cragut and that little weasel face of yours has to admit that we are the best of all time. We are number one. We're on top of the heap. And the only thing that's going to make it even sweeter, maybe, is when we get all these commercials and all these endorsements that are coming up. And most of all, when we go home and my mother says, Jimmy... You done a good job, and Bobby and Stan, I always knew you could do it. My mother being proud of me—that's gonna be the best thing. Go I'm okay. I'm okay. That's, that's, oh my
4: God.
0: Also, I, I don't know. There's something to be said about coming up with a—you know—you come up with a thing. Let's say I start a band today. We're the Frogs. You're the bass player. I'm the fucking.
1: Wait a second. The Frogs exist. That, okay. Well,
0: here's the funny thing. <laughs> when I, w- when I went to, when I started my first band, can we just be in the frogs? Cause that'd be cool. The frogs <laughs> when, are dope. When I first started a band and I needed, I, we needed a name. Ideally, what you want is the, and something with one fucking syllable. That's probably a noun. Yes. The wolves or whatever. Which sounds stupid, but uh, dude, I think if there was a dope. band, a band in town called The Wolves. where the Wolves? Yeah. I'd go watch them. They probably <laughs> yeah. play some hip punk or some shit. Yep. Um or they're a garage band, and which is what we were, sort of a lo-fi garage rock,
1: scorch minza f-
0: freak out stuff. But uh and I said it's physically impossible to come up with as much as I want it to be that there is no noun that is untaken. I said, I'm willing to bet that there's a fucking like even dumb nouns like the frogs. Yeah. Not the to keep on the animals, but.
1: Are you familiar with the frogs at all?
0: No, I'm not. But here's okay. the point. I told yeah. my friends at the time, and this is probably 2002. I was like, we can't, we couldn't even be the frogs if we wanted to. And I just punched up the frogs. There was 40 bands in the country called the frogs. Just yep. the country. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's like, so that's why I, we basically had to pick a foreign word. We ended up picking, uh, we ended up going with Scorchimenza, which is a, I do believe an Italian word is a sort of a slang, almost like shithead or, or "fuckface" or, you know, ignorant person. That's yes. what it is. Uh, menza, you know, we just did it because it sounds like an exciting thing is happening. Not sounds been, really cool. Despite what it actually means. Um, but, uh. I forgot how I spun off. If on the WrestleMania
1: frogs. had flame Scorch flame throwers, scorch and Minza. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: but um, that's that was the point because it yes. sounds like some really exciting shit is going to happen. I got to go see what's going on. Yes, but uh, <laughs> the, the fact that if any of those, let's say we also were like, yeah, we're going to be the frogs. Well, it's not, well, you know best, you know another band named the Frogs, but like I said, back in 2002, there was fucking 40 bands, over 40 actually, named the Frogs. I say whoever actually gets a fucking legit record deal first gets to keep it and everyone else has to fuck off. Yeah, man. Or has to become the new Frogs or the new original Frogs.
1: The Midnight Express. Oh, the new Midnight Express. (laughs) That's right. Yep. Since, I mean, name of the episode. Is,
0: Is... fucking a beautiful bobby Eaton. yeah man right yeah man (laughs) who was the best example of that the fucking the new the new blackjacks oh
1: man the new blackjacks the new the new midnight express the new the new rockers leaf cassidy and marty janetti poor al snow poor marty janetti no man i don't know (laughs) oh man yep What man? uh, So let
0: me get on with because Christ Almighty, we're half an hour into this episode now. Where does Gavin? Yeah, I know, but I asked that question. Actually, I don't even know. I I asked a question. I said I just told you how we got the name. You're in a a tag team called Death Proof. Now here's my question: What does it take? (laughs) Thirty minutes later. Yeah. (laughs) What does it take to be in in a modern day professional wrestling tag team? You have
1: to look like you at least are a tag team like you have to have an identifiable look that complements the other person. Yes. Uh, As a package deal, you also have to, you know, work together. Mm. And that's the one thing that I think that. A lot. It's kind of missing now, and just tag psychology in general. Yeah, like it's supposed to be a game of keep away, right? Yeah, that's the way it should be, but it's not because everyone just seen a lot of.
0: I've seen a lot of cold tags on AEW. Yeah, man,
1: and and not only that, but also lots of rope running like what's stopping that person from holding the tag rope and then smacking well, their partners back
0: in AEW, there are no tag ropes. That's the answer. Yes.
1: Like, and, and then you have people like FTR that actually have it in their contract clause, quotation fingers.
0: Yeah. That's the storyline that, that they have to they, follow the rules. I guess it's a, it's a, it's a silly thing.
1: It's, it's ridiculous when, when one,
0: their gimmick is they actually follow the rules. Yes. By the way, they might be one of my favorite tag teams today.
1: And they're fantastic. Yeah. And I mean like top tier. Oh yes. And
0: I honestly think when all is said and done, they'll go down in history as one of the great tag teams.
1: A thousand percent. And that's the thing is, is that like the tag wrestling dynamic really does need to be structured around the game of keep away. Right. And nobody does that. The gimmick of the match is getting over to the other corner. It's
0: getting the tag.
1: Yes. And I think that it's um Nobody wants their creativity, uh, their creativity stifled in today's day and age with psychology. Like Wait, God, I mean, God, God, fucking forbid that you fucking tell any fucking wrestler on the fucking planet, like, hey man, just make your fucking flippy flops make sense. Well, look, because week- now, now your artistic v- envision, you're, you're you're hurting them.
0: Two weeks ago, I decl- I said it on air there, that that psychology, unfortunately. In a lot of areas, has gone the way of the dodo. Yes. And because AEW is on television, it'll become sort of protocol, and they've replaced psychology with, in my opinion, cheap pops. Yeah, sensationalism. Because, well, sensationalism—I don't know if is the best word for it—cheap pops in the form of high spots. High spots are just cheap. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like we can get the crowd to go ooh here, but that doesn't equal an emotional rise. It equals a quick, whoa. Yep. And then simmer down. Yeah. That's not, that's not the same.
1: There is a delicate art to structuring professional wrestling matches. That is a very, very, very lost art. You know, there's rules of threes and sometimes two can lead to three and sometimes three can lead to four. There's a callbacks, um, there's receipts and there's all these little tiny moments that you can put into a wrestling match. But if it doesn't fit along the means of you getting your Shit super in. mega indie driver in, yeah. you know, like <clears throat> that's the,
0: I'm done putting over the young bucks. I'll just go ahead and say it. You, won't, yeah. you don't have to, but look, yeah, it was, it was cute for a minute and I'll, I'll openly admit it. it's gotten ridiculous.
1: And I, it's so hard not to be fucking honest, man, because here's, I know the, you don't want to, you but, don't want to say anything, but but, but here's, here's the, here's my fucking problem, man, is that I'm in a situation right now to where I'm heavily involved with training people at the school. Right. And there's a group of people that I, they listen to me. Right. And they apply what I'm telling them, and then they get really good results. Right. And, and then, then
0: they go home and watch TV.
1: Yeah, uh, not even that. But then there's other ones that just, oh well, you know, that's just a really old opinion. And wrestling has changed. No, <laughs> the
0: fundamentals the- will never change. I'm sorry. I,
1: and I I've went on record to say it before, and I will say it again. Um, if you look at my track record. Right. You know, and of course I might be shooting myself in the foot right now because I'm about to be put into an four tag team, multi man, eight man cluster fuck. Um, and it, I'm going to be able, I'm going to be challenged to make sure that we can make sense of that. Right. And I know that like it's, um, <clears throat> I've been wrong before, man, but dude, you got to figure it out. You have to be able to figure out how to tell a story that the commentators can read right along with, and the fans can be emotionally invested in. And if you were not able to meet those two things, you are going to be doing shit for fucking golf
0: claps or no reason at all. (gasps) Yeah. (sighs) That's tough. Well, we spent so much time telling the fucking origin story of death proof. I'm ready to move on. Unfortunately to, uh, to unless you got any more tag team uh, stuff you want to parlay uh, not
1: necessarily sorry for hijacking the majority no, 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 of no, the no, fucking no, no. episode but it's
0: all right we had a lot of, <clears throat> of material to fill we are recording two episodes back to back since yes I'm physically uh, as people hear this in Utah yes uh, uh, visiting my in-laws
1: I, I think that once again the whole entire point is getting the tag like just to reiterate that and to drive it home
0: the gimmick of a tag match is to get the tag. That, and, and, it, and a tag and
1: match is a gimmick match?
0: A, the gimmick in every match is a game uh, uh, It's a game of keep away. Keep the yes. gimmick away. Whatever people want, you, you got to play emotional keep away with them. Yep. The gimmick of a tag match is the tag. That's why you always see it. Is he going to get the tag? Oh, no. he got cut off. You yep. know. Is he going to get the tag? And he finally does. And the guy comes in like a fucking... Uh, a goddamn tornado and just starts throwing lariats and, and cleaning house and, you know, yeah. it's, it's the same and everything, mm. but it's, there's a reason for it. It works um, yes. on an emotional <gasps> and a psychological level.
1: Yes. And it's not hard, right? So stop making it so hard. On well,
0: yourself. it's not hard, but then why is it not being done? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> just Fuck.
4: champion and here he comes beautiful Bobby Eaton yeah. Get up here. Get up here. Get up here. What you say that, Dave? Jimmy Hart.
3: Hey, you might learn something. A common beautiful
4: body out here. What is it, Jimmy? Well, first of all, I am sick
3: and tired of sitting back here. You know, once again, my time is very, very valuable. And once again, I have to sit out here. I'm on the end of the show again. I have to listen to Dylan and Lawler and Kamala and Dylan and Lawler. I am sick up to hear of this. The people don't want to hear these people. They want to listen to Jimmy Hart and the First family. I'm like E.F. Hutton. That's what they want to hear, baby. And I'm listening to these bunch of jerks. Now, let me tell you something. Them, baby this is the mid-america champion I now would you like that. to interview the mid-america champion or would you like for me to interview the mid-america champion if they want to get rid of Dylan baby I'll get in the ring with him myself because I know I could kill that old man he's oh come on shut your mouth he's got varicose veins the whole thing it's the only thing holding him up right beautiful now the mid-america That's champion right. you interview him or I'll do it myself
4: never mind I'll handle it first of all last not tell your friend how to duty last week that I was gonna be the people's champion I did not tell you that, Dave, last week I was going to be the Papal Champion. I was going to defend this Middle America belt against anybody and anyone. That's included this little chump in the ring right now, Bill Dundee. And I told you that last week I was going to go in the ring with Steve Kern and defend this belt. And that's what I've done. I like to beat that boy's head completely off his shoulders. And now everybody's talking about they want to shout this middle america belt well you're not giving me enough time out here to represent this middle america belt you're giving all the time to jj Dillon and all the time to kamala well if they're so much the big champions won't they sign a contract or get in touch with jimmy hart and i'll put this middle america belt up against kamala jj Dillon, um steve kern jerry lawler Anybody wants a shot, baby, Bill Dundee. All you got to do is get in touch with my manager, Jimmy Hart, and this right here, this Middle america belt, the thing that I own, in which I'm going to be the people's champion and get in here defending against the little midget. This going to be a handicap match. But I'm going to get in the ring with Bill Dundee, and I am going to defend this Middle america heavyweight champion.
0: So this week, I'm pitching. Uh, this week, I wake up. I make myself a cup of coffee. I get myself a bowl of raisin bran crunch, brother. Oh,
1: man, that's the fancy stuff. You got the oat clusters in there?
0: Yeah, plus because I need my bran or else I won't doo-doo for three days. (laughs) I'll buy a chicken wing diet. Yes, sir. (laughs) So, And I sit down and I I open up my phone. And uh, what do I see? The WWE wishes to congratulate... The great colleague for being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> and so much came flooding into me emotionally as I sat and, <laughs> and soaked this in. I, it. How do I put this? As I sat there eating my raisin bran, all I could think of was. I'm fucking done with this company. Are they fucking deaf? I mean, we always knew they were tone deaf, but this decision here is really silly. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's I, next giant Gonzalez? Like, <gasps> fucking, what are we doing?
1: I honestly was checked out of the WWE hall of fame. The second that they just started throwing in celebrities. Well, you know,
0: whatever. I, look, I understand. Hey, look, one of my favorite uh, uh, feuds of all time. The Big Red Machine versus the Big Red Machine. Drew Carey? <laughs> no. <laughs> Drew Carey? Fuck, no. Pete Rose, Rose versus I, I, Kane. I, I, Kane
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> forgive me. Forgive me. And that's and that's one thing. Like, So the whole entire gag about Pete Rose getting the WWE Hall of Fame. I'm not a sports guy, but yeah, it was yeah, because yeah. he was never going to be allowed in the Baseball Hall of Fame.
0: Well, I mean... But, but also they did have these fun moments and they, and and, and yes. he did cut that great promo in what was it? Boston or whatever yeah. the fuck they were. Right? And
1: my man was taking tombstone pile drivers, you know, yeah. and choke slams and stuff like that. And, you know, so for Pete Rose to have so many appearances and to take all those bumps and things like that nature. Yeah. Give him some credit. Drew Carey was in the Royal Rumble one fucking time. Right. One fucking time.
0: And escorted himself out, which yes. by the way. Uh, more credit where credit is due. I did think it was funny. Yeah, and that's a thing, though. But when we're talking
1: about a Hall of Fame, is Snooki okay, in the Hall of Fame? She might as well be. Like she's not, but she might as well be. Are you sure she's not? We would have to double check that. We'd have to fact check that. Uh-huh. And regardless, I don't care enough to because I, I'm just I was checked out of it then. Right. And then, as far as the great colleague goes, the one thing I will say is that. Uh, a good buddy of mine from the Pacific Northwest, his name is, is uh, Ethan HD. Uh, had the opportunity to go to India and train wrestlers mm-hmm. under Great Kali school. Right. In India, Great Khali is a is, god. It, yeah, like I mean, sure. Not f- a
0: whole lot of people with gigantism walking around, around there.
1: Yes, and that's one thing. And who am I to discredit uh, anybody's contributions to the world of professional wrestling? But I he did has see no contribution. I, I, I did see a meme. His contribution
0: uh, is the fucking Punjabi prison dancing.
1: and good idea on paper. <laughs> is it, is it a
0: fucking terrible idea. Yeah,
1: I guess, man, like I, I don't fucking know, dude, like it's, it's really, really hard. Cause once again, like I, you know, sometimes, and I am, I get stuck in the situation to where I'll listen to the show back sometimes. And I was like, man, like I really want to be careful because some of these right. situations I almost like, like who the fuck are we? Exactly. You know? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I really don't want to come across. Well, as, I make
0: no bones about it. Yeah, I am man. a fan or I'm a historian. Take your pick. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, have read a a, a, a shit ton of, biographies autobiographies absorbed a billion podcasts shoot interviews uh, uh, you name it documentaries i mean as much shit as you can muster and somehow whenever i get an opportunity to speak with people in wrestling uh i've found that like oh i'm surprised that i know uh, equal to, or sometimes more More, than right. And it's, it's almost alarming. Not that every professional wrestler needs to be a fucking historian of the industry. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but um, they should
1: at least know some key points or at least have a general idea and things of that nature, man. And there's, I was talking about Chris Candido the other day Mm -hmm. and somebody at the school was like, who's that? Yuck. And,
0: but Like I understand if you're a young but, guy, he was but, never really particularly and, huge.
1: And But here's another thing, too, though, man, and it's something that I feel like I should air out, is that I'm not going to put myself into a situation to where I'm going to discredit someone's knowledge, especially when they have not had as much time on Earth as you or I have had. Right. However, I... Even for myself, I have gone back and backtracked, not to the extent that you have and my memory retention is not the best. Right. But like even going back to the gold dust trio, like I knew aspects of the gold dust trio
0: and the story. Sure.
1: Yeah. And like, but every single fast and every single aspect, but it is important information to know and people should fucking educate themselves watch wrestling, not just what's happening now. Not, watch it's, wrestling. It's, it's back not, then.
0: it's not exclusive to wrestling by the way, because right. I mean, look, I remember something like 10 years ago, somebody interviewed like, uh, some football players and they had no idea who like Jim Brown was or Icky Woods or something, something ridiculous where it's like, you don't know who the fuck icky woods is.
1: Right. And, and that's one of those things. I had the icky shuffle. I, I remember. <clears throat> so speaking of music for a second, when, Post Malone, or Malone or Malone, whoever, however the fuck you say his name. Okay. Post Malone. tight I don't, I don't listen to Post Malone. Uh, I don't either. I couldn't name his yeah, tune. But he did that song with Ozzy Osbourne. And then there was people that had no clue who Ozzy Osbourne was like, oh shit, man, this dude's going to blow up. Right. What? Like that's, you know, I just did a very big eye bulge over at Timothy Styles right now. So it's, 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 it's baffling for some, but at the same time, I think that there has to be a consideration taken for the fact that there are people that are young. So you're
0: saying that because this man is a deity in India that I should respect. No,
1: that's not what I'm saying. I'm I'm not
0: saying that I shouldn't but, take away from the people of India right. their one contribution to the the industry unless you want to count the 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 Bollywood boys or whatever Right <laughs> right the Singh brothers yeah, and yeah. and here but and
1: I'm not necessarily saying that cuz when it comes down to great Khali, like I he's injured numerous people he actually killed somebody during his training period mm-hmm. and it, that's something that's devastating and he's gonna have to
0: get on that chalkboard at the at the school right and zero
1: days since someone murdered and yeah and when it comes to (laughs) representation right okay Mm -hmm. so when it comes to like we were talking about the apollo cruise thing Mm -hmm. and the the takeaway on the
0: thing being him all of a sudden showing up with a spear and speaking in a Nigerian accent.
1: Right. And so on our side of the fence, yeah, man, like that's absolutely ridiculous. But what if there's some little Nigerian boy out in the world that like sees that and is then like, hey, man, that's my fucking hero. Like that's that's the double edged sword of this.
0: Well, yeah, fair enough. I, I yeah. do have to take my medicine as far as being cynical. And and yeah. I respect you for bringing it up but and, but here's the thing though: but great
1: khali was not a good wrestler no he was fucking shit and when it and comes never da-
0: drew a fucking dime exactly. in america let me be clear and who knows what is the shit even on in india over there when well, he was wrestling but
1: i think that that's a thing is so you have the saudi arabia deal right, right. so which everyone has their opinion about and then you have possibly they are possibly looking to use a lot of great college students, maybe as prospect talent. Sure. And I think that what we're seeing right now is, is that WWE is trying to branch out to not just certain areas. They're trying to branch out everywhere. Right. Of course, They want Japanese representation. They want. Bro, Saudi they're going Arabia to fucking they're going to wacky countries that have never even heard yeah. of pro wrestling. And Croatia yeah. or whatever the fuck. And that's the thing is so they were trying to put a little bit more emphasis in the word world. And I appreciate that. Sure. But why are we crediting people when they should not be credited only for the fact of they are fitting a demographic? Right. Because to me, that's not honest. Right. And I don't read that as being honest. And if it was well-earned, it'd be well-earned. And this is where we're not speaking out of turn. Right. Right. So that's something that I will honestly fucking say like, Hey man, that's shit, you know? And there's, and like I said, I checked out way before that, but there's people that deserve to be in there more than him.
0: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, but look, that's a, you know, every year (laughs) for years, the rock and roll hall of fame like oh no kiss no thanks yeah man or the fact i had a conversation with uh, uh james Maddern the other day about this stuff but uh I, I talked about how the monkeys weren't in the rock and roll or the, for all i know they are now but for the longest time they weren't and the reason why is because well they didn't um you know, performing on any of their records, which is not true by the way, later on they did. Yeah. But the majority of their hits and everything that everybody knows, yeah, they didn't perform on that stuff, but it's a double standard because you know who else didn't fucking perform on any of other shit? The Beach Boys. Yeah, man. In fact, the band that played all the Beach Boys songs is the exact same band that played all the Monkey songs. Yep. So what the fuck? Yeah. And I think this in
1: general. So the Halls
0: of <coughs> Fame, they're just in general. They're, they're all
1: horseshit. Yeah, they're like, all.
0: It, it, look, in the arts, it's the same thing with the Oscars. The Oscars should be a, a time for fucking celebrities to show up and just have a good time. But they can't have a good time because people are so butthurt about like, oh, my favorite Marvel movie didn't get nominated or whatever. You know. And
1: But here's the thing, though. I like the things that I like because they're what I like. Right. And if you like the things that I like, we can then engage in a conversation and enjoy the things that we like. Right. I don't need to have anybody else. Like what I like. Right. Because it's what I fucking like. And I don't fucking care if you don't like what I like. And if you do like what I like, let's fucking chat about it. Like popularity contests, dick measuring contests.
0: (laughs) Right. I'm winning both Mm -hmm. of those in this room, by the way.
1: There we go. Yep. You know what they say about men with big hands? Got big shoes. That's true. There you go. Cowboy Curtis. (laughs) Fucking A, man. So and Well, let me just hit you with this. Yeah, man.
0: Uh, All that being said, once I saw this great Collie thing, I went, good grief. Yeah. (laughs) I said, who else is being inducted this year? Now I'd heard it sort of sprinkled out, but I had to refresh my memory. Turns out not only are they inducting people this year, they're also making up for missing the inductions last year. So we're double timing now. Yeah, so I'm going to read off last year's inductions and let's get a comment here. Okay. Number one from last year. John Bradshaw Layfield. I say yes.
1: I say yeah. Uh, I wish his stint at top would have been a little bit more substantial.
0: You know what's funny is...
1: Because it was was a good run.
0: That's what I was going to say is... I was not watching wrestling during that time Yeah, I had really fallen out of love with it Because uh, The stars had retired essentially yeah. And the people they tried to replace Basically Stone Cold retired Yep Medically The Rock had moved on Yep And then the the line in the sand was Cactus Jack When Cactus Jack lost that Hell in a Cell match Against Triple H It was diminishing returns after that Yep they then tried to take the, the two people who were the big heels over the previous years and turn them babyface to fill those roles. And I don't think they did a great job. In spite of the fact that they're two of the greatest wrestlers in history. Do you care to guess who the two are?
1: Well, if we're talking about the transition there, are we talking about Cena and Reigns? no, no, no. No, no. no. Sorry, the
0: two people who were heels during The Rock, Stone Cold, and Mick Foley. Oh, Triple H. Triple H is one,
1: and fucking not Michaels, right? No, no. Kurt Angle.
0: Kurt Angle. Okay,
1: gotcha, 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 gotcha.
0: Kurt Angle was the hilarious <laughs> heel, the foil who could legit the, stretch every the, dude v- in the locker room.
1: V- the little cowboy hat. Yep. Yeah, man.
0: He turns baby face. He's coming out in the milk truck. It didn't have the same thing as Austin three sixteen. Honestly, Triple not at H. All. Was a heel on a different level. I legit <laughs> hated Triple H yeah. for a two year stretch when he and Stephanie held on to the men's and women's world's championship yes. for a, a two year stretch and lorded them over the entire roster. Yep. Uh, ooh. That's why Cactus Jack was such a hero to, uh, well, one of the reasons because he was beating the ever living shit yes, out sir. of Triple H for a, a chunk of time. Um, it it, it it just didn't work, and it was diminishing returns after that, and I just slowly dropped off. Yeah, man. Uh, ironically, one of the the <laughs> one of the things that made me completely dip out altogether was the same thing that kind of brought me back, CM Punk. Yep. CM Punk brought me back because of the promo. Pipe Bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, happened in town. Yeah, it happened in Vegas. Thomas and Mac Center, and it was like, yeah, I remember... Uh, aforementioned James Matter and Column go, did you see what they're doing with punks? Like, bro, I haven't watched in what feels like years at this point. Yep. With the exception of WrestleMania's, which even if I'm not a wrestling fan at the time, I still made time every You year will for. always
1: obligate yourself to watch that one Yeah show. Yep.
0: But but when CM Punk debuted, I was not a fan at all. Yeah. I was not privy to Ring of Honor or anything during that time. And I saw a bloated skinny dude with no gimmick with a Pex, with a Pepsi logo and with punk in his name and I was at the time the lead singer of a punk band yep. and I was like this ain't punk this is some cartoon character shit and I th- I thought that the WWE had come up with the whole thing to their credit they didn't yes and <laughs> apparently really hated him well in and, of his and, time, and
1: also but let, let's just sing a little bit of praises and I'm not going to spin too far but the the benefit of having punk get signed and to have the spotlight that he did led a lot of people to find out what independent wrestling actually
0: was because of him Ring of Honor got look when ECW died to a large audience base across the country who really only knew ECW as kind of the last of the they it it was it with the exception of whatever your local promotion was yeah it was like the last of the independence for what felt like years. And then you go back in retrospect and you're like, Oh no, ring of honor popped up in its, in its, its stead. And picked up the, the flag and really gave it a go
1: yeah and uh, pretty much everyone that was in the early days of ring of honor especially top card guys like yeah, a lot of their lower card they're the all there cards. now yeah they're all in major situations yeah. like Christopher Daniels in AEW and... Brian
0: Danielson will be in the main event of one of these nights of Wrestlemania's uh, yeah coming up here in a week or two
1: so let's get to another name on this well list. hold on before yeah. I
0: the, the whole point of me bringing all this shit of why I didn't watch wrestling for what felt like 10 years was it was more like six, but uh is I missed JBL's entire run when yeah. I stopped watching wrestling. That motherfucker w- still had fucking pentagrams on his chest and yep, was wearing APA. Yeah, and was wearing fucking black pants. Yep. It, when I came back,
1: man, you took he, a long time off.
0: When I came back, this this guy didn't have that mustache, was unrecognizable. Yes, and was wearing the cowboy hat and the wrestling god and all this stuff. And, and, and I should bought,
1: be commended.
0: In retrospect, I missed it. So I had to watch it all retroactively. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And, and I love his finisher. Just fucking cleans a guy out.
1: Yep. Wow. Good old Stan Hansen Lariat.
2: Yep. All right. So, so I say, yeah. I'm okay with it. I'm okay. Whenever you ask Bobby Eaton to do anything for you, his first reaction is immediately, yes. And how can I do this? And how quick can I do this? Let's go do it right now whether it's to help you out something or jump your car, or fix a flat or borrow something. We've talked he had those big bags where, you know, he'd hand out a dozen towels every night to guys. <clears throat> well, in this case, it was the Thanksgiving time of 1983. We had just gone down, done our first mid South television taping in Shreveport for Watts. And all of us were living in Nashville because we were all going down as part of the talent trade. Uh, me, Bobby Eaton, Dennis Condry, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, Terry Taylor, Buddy Landell, and Bill Dundee was going to be the booker. So we go down to our first TV, which was the day before Thanksgiving, the Wednesday night, Thanksgiving Eve night, right? The day before Thanksgiving. We did two tapes and then Thanksgiving, we flew back home to Nashville and Dundee invited us over to his house to have dinner. And we did. That was very nice of him. And then, it helps you also to know that Bobby had just become Dundee's son-in-law. That's when he and Donna, Dundee's daughter, had just been married, what, a year, year and a half or whatever at that point. So now the following week, we're off. We're we're still working the Tennessee territory. We're, you know, we're we're not going back to Louisiana, but Dundee has to go back to Louisiana. Actually, I think he was going to Oklahoma to work with Watts for a week. He was going to be the new booker. He's coming in. They're going to get all their stuff set, right? So he's going to Oklahoma to meet with Watts for a week and he's taking Bev. He's taking Beverly, his wife, uh, because she's probably going to go down to Louisiana, look around for some places to fucking live, et cetera. This big move that's going on and that's going to leave since we're all still in town, but Dundee's going to be gone for a week and nobody at the house except for Dundee's huge, giant fucking pit bull this goddamn dog had a head the size of a fucking toilet seat and these big paws and if it's reared up on its hind legs it was as tall as you were right a big a mean sounding pit bull and it helps for this story also to know that bobby eaton is scared of big mean dogs right he's not scared of dogs in general but big mean dogs like arnold steiner the steiner brothers pit bull that used to chase him around the fucking locker room and out in the building And Arnold could work. So imagine a big fucking big ass pit bull that can't work. So Bobby is is sitting in the locker room one night and Dundee goes up to him. And he says, will you you take care of my dog? I can't remember what the dog's name was, but take care of my dog, Butte. You got to take care of my dog, feed my dog, water my dog, come over, make sure he's, he's okay. Okay, Bill, I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, then over the course of building this up over a couple of days every time that dundee would see bobby he'd talk about how many times he need to come over and what he need to feed him how much water he need to give him whether he need to let him out and he said now remember you can't let him out because if i'm home i let him out i can get him back he'll come back if i want but if you let him out you can't let him out he'll just goddamn run off he'll be gone okay bill so he's got all over all these details and finally it's almost time for Dundee to leave. And that's when he hit him with the the, the big news. He said, now, Butte, and I can't do the accent, but he said, Butte, here's the thing. You're going to feed him. You're going to water him. But you can't let him out. So I'm going to be gone for a week. And the thing is, when I'm home and I let him out, he goes out around the neighborhood and he does his fucking business. He finds some girl dog and he fucks the girl dog and then he comes back. But you can't let him out. So you're going to feed him and you're going to water him but if he doesn't come for a whole week that I'm gone he's going to get fucking mean and he's going to fucking bite your ass and attack you so at least twice during the time I'm gone Bobby you're going to have to jack this dog off oh no <laughs> Come on! And now Bobby's buying it, and Bobby's with it. He's like, "What? What? what did, no, Butte? I'm telling you, the dog's gonna get mean. He's gonna bite your ass. He's gonna attack you. He's gonna fucking. He's gonna get vicious. he's going to come at least. You're gonna have to at least twice, Butte. Every couple or three days, you're gonna have to just jack him off, and he'll be all right. And, and, and Bobby's like, "Oh goddamn! What if he bites me while I'm trying to jack him off? He won't do that. He likes it. <laughs> so." Bill Dundee had convinced Bobby that this dog was going to attack and potentially dismember him over the course of this week unless that Bobby jacked him off at least twice. And Bobby had had gone so far as to say okay to it just to get Dundee to shut up with no intention of jacking a dog off, but now he's shitting himself that the fourth day is going to come and he don't give this dog a handjob and the dog is going to fucking attack him and fucking eat him. So finally, if it hadn't been for Dundee cracking up, finally, the day before he was about to leave and fucking admitting that he did, Bobby didn't have to jack the dog off. Bobby was, was he was feeling badly because he was not going to be able to honor the request of giving his dog two hand jobs in the course of a week. I guess she had to be there. I don't know. What, a, <laughs> there's what a, a nice guy.
0: I, um, the British bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. Also, uh, obvious, yes.
1: A thousand percent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But there is the question of, hey, why no Dynamite Kid? Well, you and I both know the reason for that.
1: Well, I mean, (laughs) unfortunately, man, and and JBL is somebody who's also been accused of some heinous things, but Dynamite Kid has even gone on record to confirm the heinous things that he did, which is a shame because he's an amazing fucking wrestler.
0: Well, look, JBL wasn't known for fucking causing physical violence but was known for typical football locker room fucking hazing you know verbal abuse and hazing and shit like that which was pretty synonymous with with professional wrestling up till about 2010 until the indies really the next wave of independence took over all the guys that are in there now that's why you got we've talked about it in the past guys in the locker room playing video games and not shitting in each other's bags bags. yeah
1: and i'm okay with that man yeah yeah
0: it's 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 a step for the better yeah it also loses a bit of its masculinity let's be honest of course okay next on the list this is an eyebrow razor too Uh oh (laughs) no no it's not a bad one it's a it's a sure of course Jushin Thunder Liger. A thousand percent. But wrestled one match in NXT in this entire stretch.
1: And actually, so I, when, yeah, you, so if you think about WWE's acquisitions of different companies, Liger had a pretty big staple. Uh, career in WCW as well. His feud with uh, Brian Pellman was very noteworthy. Yep. Matches with Ultimo Dragon, matches with Eddie Guerrero, matches with Rey Mysterio. We were um, watching
0: uh, his last match before we hit record.
1: His retirement match. Uh, fuck, man, I,
0: I could... And you love him as a... As a... Is a well, did you tell me that he's the only autograph you've ever asked for? Or he's the one that, that you acted like he was a beetle?
1: Yeah. I, oh, I absolutely acted <laughs> oh, like he was a fucking beetle. Mr. So, Langer. yeah. So he, he did a CAC. Um, what is that? Cauliflower alley convention. Oh, I see. Yeah. And I lost my goddamn mind. Right. Like I fucking, ah, like freaking out. And I was probably the one that was reacting the most so after the match, I just wanted to shake his hand. And then I went backstage and knowing where backstage is because the night prior, I think I wrestled in the Battle Royal. The second night was the night that Liger was there. And I went in the back and then <clears throat> Liger saw me. And then he points at me with both of his fingers. You. Ah! And I'm like, yeah, man, that was fucking me. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, I had the opportunity to see him without his mask on. Right. Um, Fucking old and beat up, dude. So back in the day, I don't think that people realized that you could drain cauliflower ear.
0: Oh God.
1: Okay. It was very visible that he never had drained his cauliflower ear. However, he had used something in order to puncture holes Mm. in order for him to hear. Like, I mean, the dude was fucking like legit. I have a really awesome Yushin Liger story that is a long one that I'm not going to say today, but uh, I've save it for our Yushin Liger special. I I have I I have some pretty cool stories about Liger.
0: Um, And on the subject of uh, fun interactions with Japanese, uh, I find I've had this more than a few times the uh in interactions with Japanese people. Once they feel comfortable with me, they're they're quick to go <laughs> I don't know how to say this because it's so strange. they <laughs> they go, oh Japanese penis is so small, but you Americans, Oh, oh my goodness. My I I've goodness. had this interaction more than two times. I remember I was a limo driver and uh one guy who had too much to drink. Oh no. He kept going, you high tower. Yes. <laughs> he kept calling me high tower, tower. but he was talking about my, you know what? That's anyway. amazing. Anyway, he was a fun guy. So a, the South park night.
1: episode actually holds some merit.
0: Well, you know, what's funny is I listened to commentary on that. I don't know. A couple of years ago. And they were talking about that, that they went to Japan to visit a buddy and, uh, the some, one guy kept doing that to him. Yep. Oh, you Americans, big penis and that's why they did that. That episode, perfect. Our Japanese penis so small, but you Americans, big penis. Anyway, perfect. I'm just wondering. By the way, you need to get over to Japan. They will we'll love you. Yeah, and man. You're a giant wiener. All right. Next on the list, the NWO. <laughs> by the way, let me get specific. Uh, Hulk Hogan. Yes. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. Yes. Uh, I assume Sean Waltman, but look, let's face it. When he was in the NWO, he was
1: six or six pack. I I say yes for all of them, especially Waltman for junior heavyweight wrestling. I feel like something happened and like the term X-Pac heat. Oh, so
0: this was talked about the other day as well. We didn't talk about this.
1: I personally feel like, X-Pac heat wasn't necessarily X-Pac heat. I think the X-Pac heat was Degeneration X die off and people stopped giving a fuck about DX. And then unfortunately, the the punching bag was X-Pac.
0: But he also kept the gimmick going. You've seen it before where, where there's a group and the group finally comes to an end and one guy doesn't know it's over. And, and unfortunately <laughs> he was still crotch yeah. chopping when he was in a tag team with Kane. Let's be real.
1: Right. And even then too, but also I think that he was the one that actually was the first person to do crotch chops because he was doing crotch chops and the NWO before DX. No, you're right. And like I said, I feel like that's just one of those things that's really unfortunate Because he was kind of put at the front of the firing squad.
0: Well, look, and it'd be interesting to know if Go Away Heat had a name pre X Pac, but it was White Heat. uh, White Heat is good.
1: I'm more than positive I've heard the term White Heat before as to get something
0: white hot is good.
1: White there, there, there is a term. I might be saying it wrong. No, but that's not what I'm
0: getting at. Right, right, right. What I'm saying is it was known forever as go away heat. Yeah. And then seemingly it, it, it became X-Pac heat. Right. Meaning I wish this guy would fuck off. Can we call it great Collie heat now? Well, it's still uh, what I'm about ready to say it was given away from X-Pac once everyone realized how great he was. He's amazing. He's his contributions to the industry. It's a shame that he did that. Ironically, he'll never go in under his own name because he was in the fucking porno with China or whatever, Yeah, man. but they've secretly snuck him in twice yes. in the two groups he was in. And
1: the, one of my favorite matches of his was him against Bret Hart for the WWF championship and i believe it was on a monday night raw but i followed that match for a babyface babyface formula
0: right and it it works oh yeah without question but it was x-pac heat forever yes and then and this is just my personal opinion he left it in his will to the miz and the miz has not let it go yep and <laughs>
1: and for that you know, there, there's aspects of The Miz, like, sometimes in Ring, he's not bad. Okay. But there is just something extremely unlikable about him.
0: Yeah. That's,
1: put, a, that's well, me being as nice as possible.
0: One of these days, buddy, you let me know and I will uncork on this motherfucker. Yeah, this man. guy is at the top of my fucking shit list. <laughs> this guy... Was <laughs> was gifted with this once he for sucking for so long and doing the corny WWE horseshit for two to three minutes had a very real re- reaction that got him some very real respect for the from talking the fans. smack segment, the talking smack segment where he told where Daniel Bryan stepped over the line and he fed him his ass. Yes. And it was like, whoa, look at that. The Miz finally grew up. Next week, though, it was back to the same old horseshit. And he coasted off of that heat for the remainder of the year. And now we're back to square one. He's such a fucking idiot that he didn't have the wherewithal to go, oh, this worked. Maybe I need to keep doing this. You can make an argument that, oh, he's still been doing pretty good promos. Yeah, but he hasn't changed much else. But here's the thing, though. Core me. Fuck him.
1: keep, Keep in consideration how long he's had a job. So does it become, does it become him? I'm not saying he he, become a yes man.
0: I'm not saying that he all, all of a sudden needs to start working strong style, but he needs to start fucking working with like a man and with some backbone.
1: Right. And that, and and that's the one thing. Like, and we talked about that, uh, two episodes ago when it comes down to brass tacks, like how much it, is the reason that he's had the job as long as he had is because he is going to do whatever they tell him to do. Yes. And that has to be something that we have to take in consideration.
0: Well, he ain't in the hall of fame. So fuck him. Yeah, man. Uh, Final nominees for last year's hall of fame. (laughs) God damn. I just see the picture and I go, God damn it. The Bella twins. These girls, woo! They are out of sight. The hips uh, on the on the voluptuous one.
1: You know the one. Th- fuck, man! I can't even say anything nice, really. Uh, so the Bella Twins. Um, <clears throat> it, yeah, you know all of these have
0: their their accomplishments next to them because I'm reading the Wikipedia page. Yep. Here's their accomplishments. This is why they're in the Hall of Fame. Yes. 2013 Diva of the Year Slammy Award winners.
1: Owen Hart had two slammies.
0: Yeah, um, and gained fame as mainstream celebrities after starring in the WWE-produced reality shows Total Divas and spinoff Total Bellas.
1: And but that's the that's the reason. Yeah, right. It's not the Slammy Awards. It, it's the reason that they became. It's not you know, anything.
0: It's not the fact that they ever. They didn't even list the fucking championships they held. Right, and to me, so when
1: we're talking about a Hall of Fame, you know, like. We're talking once again for retired fucking people that possibly left a really big dent. You know, not to say that the Bella Twins didn't leave a really big dent, but no. They one, attracted
0: a lot of women to the product. I'll give them that. A, a thousand percent. Like and uh, that was their only real com- that and masturbation material.
1: There was a lot of people that became wrestling fans from that show specifically. Like, I remember meeting people like, oh, my God, I don't watch much wrestling, but I watched total divas like. <laughs> yuck. <laughs> yeah. That uh, fun fact. Elaine was actually on total divas. Fucking Whatever. the X, yeah, yeah, man. It was, ooh, that was a headache. Uh, that one's a private story. That was a fucking big headache. Nice. Big headache.
0: Anyway, I'm just seeing, looking at this picture of her butt. Good grief. Out of sight. Anyway, but we still live in a world where boys like girls and girls like boys, right?
1: All right. And then and the other, what's the one?
0: Girls like girls That's that dig
1: boys. That do, yep, there you go
0: always gonna be someone you really love yeah anyway all right so here's this year's hall of fame inductees so far mm-hmm. prepare to be underwhelmed yep <laughs> <laughs> i have a feeling that they're like well this will be on peacock would, and no I, one's watching so i would let's squeeze in all the people we like but uh, I, I
1: normally prefer them to just be whelmed right <clears throat> so go ahead and underwhelm me real quick so
0: here, here's one uh two time WWE women's champion and one time WWF hardcore champion Molly Holly. You got it.
1: Here's the thing that I will say about Molly Holly, Molly Holly it, for her contributions to the world of professional wrestling, I believe was out of place and out of time yep. and would kill it today. By uh, the way, a thousand fucking percent. She and, was a legit
0: wrestler, not yep. just tits and ass.
1: Yes. Um, Trained by Dean Malenko. Yep. And like had credentials yeah. and was really good. And, and was
0: existing in a time where fucking Sable and shit was running. Around. Yes.
1: I, I give it, a, I give that a stamp of approval. I do too, but
0: WWE hall of fame, eh, whatever. Yeah, man. I mean, none of it really matters. I'm just right. reading these for material. <laughs> Eric Bischoff. Isn't that fun? Sure. Yeah. Uh, in my personal opinion He should be in there with the NWO
1: Yeah Doesn't need to have his own
0: Type of Maybe I don't know Well uh, here's the funny thing I forgot to ask Where do you really cut off the NWO? Because if you remember It was Hogan Well it was The Outsiders It was the then Hogan three. showed up Then it was uh, I don't remember the specific order But I remember a general order And I'm going off of nothing but memory here Because I watch that shit in real time every week Yep uh, X-Pac.
1: Yep. Rick Rude.
0: Mm. No, nah, he was later. Uh, the giant Paul White. Yep. Uh, later the big show was an early, er, early catch. Wasn't I
1: think you, and then, or was it Ted DiBiase?
0: Well, Ted DiBiase yeah. showed up. I look, I think you have to go. Well, you don't have to. But like, IRS
1: was even in that shit.
0: Dude, everybody was in Disco fucking Inferno was in it.
1: Wolfpack, baby.
0: Um, I say Hogan, Bischoff, Outsiders, X-Pac, or Six-Pac. And I even say Paul White should go in there. Yeah. Because that was a big thing when it's like, Bo, oh, he's in there, Bo. He ain't going in now. <laughs> well, yeah. He ain't going in now, unfortunately. Nope. They're so spiteful. Babies. All right, now here's the most legitimate one on the list um, who b- should belong in a WWE Hall of Fame. This guy might be the most dedicated WWE employee I've ever seen, short of maybe The Undertaker.
1: Mm.
0: Maybe even more so because The Undertaker had time at the top, and this person put over everyone forever. Barry Horowitz? I'm joking. <laughs> Dr. Isaac Yankum himself, Glenn <clears throat> Jacobs, um, Kane.
1: Yeah, I, I'm completely okay with that. You know, like there was a moment in time that <clears throat> the things that Kane was doing, as far as like n ring goes, really exciting to watch for somebody his size.
0: Yeah. He wasn't bad.
1: Yeah. Like I, I always loved the top rope clothesline. <laughs> yeah. You know, always my favorite,
0: <clears throat> you know, what my favorite gimmick of his was, Hmm. Fake diesel.
1: Oh, man. Fake diesel and fake razor, man. It was the best.
0: And then it was the great Kali, and that's it. That's so far. And I'm sure there's going to be a couple others. Uh, Dave Batista was supposed to go in it, but uh, he had to bow out.
1: Well, Batista is one of those people, too, that I think that uh, would probably be more deserving to go in than Kali. Well, know? fucking duh. But yeah. even
0: he barely deserves to get in. He's just a celebrity.
1: Right. I... I remember the very first time I saw Dave Bautista, I knew immediately that they were going to put a belt on him. Like I'm sure. like, the, I'm like, the, and I remember telling my friend Sam "I'm like, pay attention because he's going to get something very fast. Right. And I think that he also kind of falls in that category of <clears throat> fans. Cause if you remember, it's strange
0: the, how when stone cold and the rock left, they tried to hot shot some young people straight and, to the top. Bautista was on one show. Right. And Brock Lesnar was on the other. And, and they were both burnout out within a couple of years.
1: Yep. And that's the thing that sucks, though, is that they had they were left in a situation where they had to do something drastic. Like, they had to make a snap decision of, like, oh, fuck, well, we need a guy. Because, unfortunately, man, people like Hogan and Cena, like, it, sorry, Hogan, Stone Cold, right. Rock, Cena. Sure. Like, you lose that. It affects everything. Look at what happened to ring of honor when they lost people like punk right. and styles and Joe, you know,
0: and Danielson. Well, like, you need it. Look, people forget. And the WWE, a lot of times forgets this. Uh, they're forgetting it right. Fucking now. God damn it. Yeah, man. This is a promotional business. You are promoting something and you better have something that draws. Yes. Yes. And if you can't, if you don't have anything that draws, you better make something that draws. And they, for the longest time, were pretty good at making things that draws, that draw. Unfortunately, the internet and their loose lips have come back to bite them in the ass. And making something that draws anymore is not easy in the age of information. And you know something
1: I also correlate? Mm. Um, Look at the point in time. Look at what was popular during the Attitude Era. Okay? Look at what... Uh, was happening on TV, like Jerry Springer,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Maury Povich, you know, like I always refer to it as trash. Trash TV, TV yeah, yeah, and <clears throat> that's something that WWE were able to attach themselves with, and it was kind of like putting a rocket ship on their back, right?
0: Well, I have an opinion on this. Please tell Do me. Do you want to finish your thought before I?
1: I, I just I I think that there's a correlation with there. Everyone used to watch TV back then, right? Now we're we're in a day and age where people don't even necessarily really watch TV. It's always. Bro, my
0: daughter does not watch. She's nine. She does yeah. not watch TV at all. Right. She would rather watch YouTube.
1: She would rather watch YouTube. She would rather probably play a video game. Um. It's and I know that you're not a Spotify person, but.
0: I have Apple music.
1: Yeah. The the big appeal to things like Spotify is you can create your own playlists and share them with your friends or curate them yourself and things of that nature. We are tailor making our content as opposed to having our content be made for us. Mm -hmm. You know, we are picking and choosing what we want to watch. Whereas back then, the term channel surfing. Yeah. Oh, what's this? Oh man, that's fucking crazy. It doesn't happen anymore. Right. And I think that that has something to say with the decline of professional wrestling in some ways.
0: Oh, in a lot of ways. But, um, let me remove the point I was going to make earlier. Let me remove your rose tinted glasses about the attitude era, but I need them. <laughs> I need those. see. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, if you really think about the Attitude Era, it was not the fucking unbelievable great television that every young person, well, not young person, but even people who watched it in real time remember it as. I
1: personally, and just to let you know, I wasn't actually wearing rose-tinted glasses. I'm just speaking of the general consensus. My opinion of the Attitude Era is that it was fucking trash.
0: Well, yeah, well, you associated Sorry. it with trash TV. TV. Yeah. and It was, but it was, yeah, it also was collectively trash because the truth is during that time, you know, I, previous to the NWO, I went on another stretch where I wasn't ro- watching wrestling for a, a period of time because Brett Bret and Sean did not appeal to me. Right. They just, they didn't. Brett was a bore. Who wore pink? <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. I yeah, guess. Yeah, I'm, know I'm, I, I'm no, a no. You know why Br- he was a fucking he was a goddamn white meat goof. Yeah, coming out putting glasses on the kids and high fiving the. You know, I, I was a fucking. I was in the army at this point. I don't want to see this fucking <laughs> super childish horse shit, You know, and 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 I not even bla- they were the best two on the roster because the rest of it was. Sorry, I'm going to say this. Uh, and you're going to go, oh, I liked blah, blah, blah. But the doinks and the Duke, the dumpster. I should have worn my dude.
1: I just picked up a sweet ass doink shirt. I should have wore it.
0: But so I wasn't watching. And then NWO came along and a buddy was like, did you hear about what's going on at WCW? And I was like, no, I've never I was never into WCW. I always thought it was kind of shitty comparatively. Yep. And he's like, Hulk Hogan turned to the dark side. That was the biggest news in professional wrestling yep. history, as far as I was concerned. And you tuned in and you watched that fucking big reveal when he came into the ring and gave Savage the leg drop. Yep. And trash filled the ring. Yeah. Those those guys were white hot. Yes. They got so much fucking heat. Ooh, it was so great. And then just week after week. Eventually, I switched over to the WWE uh, WrestleMania 2015 uh, when Stone Cold, who, you know, back then you would switch back and forth like, oh, yes. let's see what Stone Cold's doing.
1: Which you was know. so exciting.
0: Yeah, it was a good time to yeah. be watching. But when he won the title was when I officially flipped because the, the bloom was off the, the Goldberg and NWO rose by then. Yep. And. Uh, You know, the the Stone Cold stuff was fantastic every week. The Rock stuff was fantastic every week. But you know what wasn't good every week? Everything else. My setup. Oh, by the way, and Mick Foley, who was uh, essentially killing himself for our entertainment. Yes. But the rest Mm. of it was uh pimps up hose down just cheap pop shit yep. or fucking choppy choppy the pp or chocolate uh sexual chocolate giving birth to a hand and, and all this kind of stuff katie it, vick yeah Ugh. i mean that's way later but right it's but still but the, yeah. the point is is like people look at that shit with rose tinted glasses and go the the attitude era was so great that era was not great All it does is support what I just said earlier about this is a drawing promotion. And who did they have in there? Stone Cold Steve Austin, the biggest draw ever. The Rock, arguably one of the biggest. If he hadn't retired, he'd be the fucking hugest thing in the world today as a wrestler. Instead of the hugest thing in the world today, a movie star. And then Mick Foley, who probably gets remembered much like the Kinks. Yeah, man. you know, if, if Stone Cold's the Beatles and the Rock is the Rolling Stones, he's the fucking the, the, the who or the kinks of the of, of the of the bunch. Um, they were drawing. They put those people's faces on the marquee or their names on the marquee and people come. All that trash TV shit did not matter.
1: I personally think in the long run, it did more harm than good. Did it did it help ratings at the time? Yes. But looking back, what did it leave us with? you know, we then ended up having to go to the ruthless aggression era, which I actually was rather fond of because wrestlers were champions, like yeah. wrestlers, wrestlers. And, but at the same time, Chris Wall, like, uh, polar- but they also
0: started getting into really long winded, terrible non wrestling segments.
1: And once again, like wrestling should be wrestling. And I just really feel like, it was catching lightning in a bottle, you know, it really fucking was. And I hope that we're able to do it again, but there's gotta be some fucking change. There's and, and the change that's coming about right now mm. ain't fucking it. Like it's not it. And we got to figure that shit
0: out. What do you think the, the change that is happening now? That's not working
1: what is being given to us by other companies
0: right in other words companies who value cheap pops and high spots at the expense of psychology
1: yes <laughs>